Hello, nerds, and welcome to Go To There, a 30 Rock podcast. A weekly chronological journey through 30 Rock looking at the jokes, the references, the highs, the lows, and all the blurks that come with one of the best shows of the 21st century. As always, I'm your host, Curtis Stone, and joining me is... David Amick. And welcome to Episode 9, The Baby Show. How would you describe this episode? Takes on some very cliche plots and doesn't do a ton with them. Yeah, it doesn't do a lot of what 30 Rock comes to be known as being like very subversive with them. It just, but it's sort of just setting the pieces, I think, um, of Liz being baby crazy or not baby, not baby crazy, but like wanting a child, uh, sort of setting up Jack's, uh, mother who we still never hear, but she will be introduced by the end of this season. We'll see her uh, in the flesh and just sort of still cementing like Jenna's fascination with wanting to be like the center of attention. At least at the start, that sort of fades away almost immediately after the cold open. Yeah. Although the closing of the episode is great. Yeah, it's a good closing episode. Or it's a good closing... Are we referring to the same... Maybe With Kenneth? With Kenneth, yeah. Yeah, at the end, yeah. Yeah, that's... It's more of a good, visual gag, I guess. Yeah, but it's a good it's, psycho it's, reference. It was much funny. It was it was the funniest thing in the episode to me. Really? Yeah. All right. I disagree, but that's what the show is about: opinions. So I guess uh, anything else before we start? Nope. All right, we'll start. This is a good cold open. It's I think the shortest one thus far of the show, uh, but it just sort of like sort of sets up nothing. Right? Does anything happen? No. It's just up Ceri's, uh Yeah, wedding. yeah. It's it's almost like a misdirect, but there's some stuff that, that does ultimately play out in the plot. It's just up the antique car show in the lot. Oh, which is we never <laughs> see. Yeah. But it all, and then at the very end, it sets up Jack's um, mom playing into the, the episode. But it's good. It's a good uh, series of events. Well, I don't know why they need you in the studio. It's so incredibly thoughtful. Let me give something back to you guys. I believe the children are our future. Teach them well and let them lead the way. Hey, guess what, everyone? I'm engaged. engaged. Hey, this isn't going to change the way you dress or eat lollipops, is it? No. Oh, then congratulations. This is for you, Suri. I believe the children are our future. Teach them well and let them lead the way. Show them all the beauty. Everyone, guess what? There's an antique car show out in the plaza. So, how many times do you think Jenna has randomly burst into song while receiving people? Ah, just countless uh so this is for her birthday let's just imagine it's any other holiday like christmas or anything that just gives her an excuse to sing it's i mean just judging like she hits two notes and immediately everyone in the crowd is just like eye rolling it's just like over it also just by head nod uh, the uh piano guy knows what to launch into yeah (laughs) it's like they like she set this up that's the way i want to read this is like she set this up to be conveniently placed on the stage with a microphone ready and the piano player ready. Like, she arranged this. Oh, it wasn't yeah. a surprise for her. It was a surprise for them. And she just gets to enjoy it. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but there's a couple other 
for well there's one other first Lutz gets his first line in this episode yes he hasn't he's been in a couple episodes but he, he gets his first line in this Tracy's posse is still larger than I thought it was dot com is not in this episode Grizz is in the episode dot com is not in the episode but his posse's still here yeah I'm 99% sure this is the last time we see the posse that big. But well, it won't, that's not the last time. You're, the first time you're you right. said that. It's not so. the first and it won't be the last time I'm actually wrong about anything. But uh, I just, yeah. How long is Jack going to be? He's still on the phone. Area code 407. Oh no, when did this happen? 407? Is that bad? It's fine. It's going to be just fine. You can go in now. No. We'll let 407 through. Jonathan, we have drills for this. Liz distracted me. No, I didn't. What's going on? Business got you down? Business doesn't get me down. Business gets me off. Now, what is your urgent problem this time? Well, uh, the writers and I wanted to get TGS jackets, but the guy in accounting says that we can't have the jackets, but Dateline has jackets. Jackets? Is this what you're talking about now? Jackets? Lemon, do you realize that your little show accounts for 3% of our revenue but takes up 90% of my time? Hello? Now, would you do me a kindness, please? And handle your problems yourself and stop bothering me. Is that too much to ask? Absolutely. Forget it. I won't bother you about anything anymore. Wow, he's a little bit of a stress eater, huh? He puts up with so much. All right. 3% of their revenue is a lot, actually. There's no way that a show in a, in a Friday, random Friday night slot is bringing in 3 If it actually was bringing in 3% of the revenue, then it would be a much bigger Either deal. they're not as like diverse as we think Universal NBC are, or TGS is a big like moneymaker or something. Maybe bringing Tracy and just cause the ratings to skyrocket and advertisers were just chomping at the bit. But I, I mean, I don't... I don't know much about any of like ratios and, and, and revenue and stuff like that, but they're probably not expecting anyone watching the show to really understand. I'm sure, but it's just like, like, cause they, like you, you hear a low number like that and you think, oh yeah, so they really aren't bringing in a lot of money, but I don't know. It's, uh, yeah, no, you're right though. If they're bringing in 3%, they should get a little bit more attention. Cause I mean, if they're bringing in 3% and they're not getting jackets, how much is Dateline bringing in? They're right. getting jackets, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I like this because it's setting up, like, just small things about Jack. Like, up till now, we've seen he's relatively calm, cool, collected. He never really gets aggressively angry. But we see now one of his triggers is his mom. And one of his releases is he's a stress eater. So, like, all throughout the episode, he's just stuffing things in his pockets. <laughs> Because for the inevitable next call that he gets from his mom, it's great. Like, he's got jelly beans. He just <laughs> he grabs a big bucket of cheese balls and then a big sli- uh, plate of, like, Danishes, I guess. Yeah. It's, just, it's great. But, like, no one's calling. And then we also see, like, this budding Jonathan will do anything for Jack, even sell anyone out. And, like, this rivalry that develops between him, him and Liz over the sort of the course of the series. Of, like, she's, she's not mean to him she's not vindictive towards jonathan but like he just doesn't like her because she gets more attention with jack yeah i would say i i'm gonna pay attention as the episode's going to see is like is it that jonathan is secretly in love with him oh absolutely yeah 
Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much set up uh, this season. That yeah. it's, it's a one-sided infatuation. Well, it makes sense then that he would be getting super jealous. Right. Yeah. yeah. Jenna, to the stage, please, for Jazz Police. You should have seen this guy at the club last night. Everybody at this party is a Jedi. We must get our freak on while our fruit is a plentiful. Oh, no. Oh, sounds like another great party I wasn't invited to. Tracy, thank you for the funnest night of my life. Love you, man. I love you too, Jay Bird. You all don't like that dude. It's disrespectful when he imitates me. I want him fired. Oh, come on. It's a goof. I don't know what Josh says when he's in imitating Tracy at first. The captions read, he says, everyone in this club is a Jedi. But what I hear is everyone in this club is a Jigga, which my only frame of reference of that is Jay-Z, because I think that was like his name he had for himself. So I don't really know what he says, because it's like, I can't figure play, it out. Hold on, play it again. All right. Everybody at this party is a Jedi. We must get our freak on while our fruit is a plentiful. Oh, no. Jonathan, no. like Jenna. Yeah, no, it sounds like I cannot quite. It does sound like he says Jedi. Or it's. it's it, the things of the caption, it makes it sound like I'm hearing Jedi. He could be saying Jenna, which that could be like everyone in the club is like about themselves or conceited or whatever. I don't I, I don't know exactly what he says, and it's not that important because it doesn't yeah. really come back. But it's just it, that drives me nuts. I can't figure out what that line is. It's really frustrating. Well, if anyone knows, yeah, feel free to send us. Yeah, if you somehow have the script or something as to what he said, I don't know. But uh, I like this. Uh, just sort of setting up this. Well, it's a one-off rivalry. I don't think it ever goes anything past this. Uh, past this episode, but this next back and forth that Tracy and Jenna have is pretty great. Just about. Also, I think this is the biggest storyline Josh has had so far. Probably his right? second biggest that he'll have the entire show. Yeah, <laughs> I think because like there was a Liz Taylor thing, but that 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 was even like not even a minute. That was like thirty seconds long. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But anyway, so how would you like it if I did an impression of you, Liz Lemon? Hi, I'm Liz Lemon. I like to wear man shirts. Watch me skateboard. Skateboard? <laughs> I'm not firing Josh. You always take his side. Tracy, stop tasering him. See, I need to be respected, Liz Lemon. But what do you know about respect? Please, Tracy, just let it go. Well, if you won't do anything about it, then I'll just go over your head to Donaghy. No, no, do not do that. Don't bother him. I'll talk to Josh. Hey, Sari, what are you doing? Oh, I let them do my makeup sometimes. They say it's fun for them. She's like a Barbie. <laughs> oh, sorry. My babysitter got jury duty. I think I'm going to kill myself. <laughs> so, Sari, how long have you known this guy that you're marrying? It'll be two months and three weeks. Oh, you'd love him, Liz. He's so funny. <laughs> he does this thing where he screams at limo drivers. <laughs> yeah, it... <clears throat> It just kind of seems like you're rushing into it a little bit. I guess. But we both want to have babies while it's still cool. I already have all the names picked out. If it's a girl, bookcase. Or sandstorm. Or maybe hat. But that's more of a boy's name. 
Yeah, I was going to say. Speaking of Sandstorm, guess who's representing Finland at Eurovision this year? Dave Rude? Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. He, well, I think he's there. The show where they pick the songs in Finland is coming up, but I think he's writing a few songs and then someone is singing on them or something. But yeah, it's the. Is he Finnish? Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, I guess he would be. Huh. So he's not going to be performing. He's just going to be like. I mean, I assume he'll be on stage probably in some way, like maybe like behind like. If, I mean, at this point, just the way, like, as much as that song has been memed in the last five years, and as big as it is, they would play it at some point, right? Even if it's, like, in a quick, like, uh, medley of his songs, like, Sandstorm will be played at Eurovision this year, right? No, um... I mean, if he's on stage, in the show itself, a missed opportunity. I mean, it wouldn't be during the song itself. Well, no, not during the song, but like during like an interval. Oh, during an interval. I mean, I I feel like, yeah, it it would be hard not to mention just because that's, I guess, one of the most memorable, iconic songs of the late 90s, early aughts. So, I mean, it's still like meme to this day. Oh, for sure. Like, I mean, if you go to a YouTube comment and someone's like, what's the song? That's, that's the answer that you get is Sandstorm. Yeah. And I mean, for sure, you know, because all the countries, all the countries that are broadcasting have a commentator. So I'm sure they'll all, when they introduce the song, they'll all definitely say like, it's, Darude or whatever, and yes, that one, Sandstorm. So, what is Finland? Is Finland the hosting country this year? No, it will be in. Oh God, who won last year? Israel. It's in Israel. Oh, that's right. The lady that appropriated Asian culture to win. <laughs> that's right. Disgusting. But I mean, this is also sort of the peak of Ceri's character as well. She peaks mostly in the first season. Um, like Liz is sort of treating her like a daughter, but doesn't really go that far in the series. Like. There's a few instances when, she, like, we've already seen where she was telling her how to dress at work, and in this instance where she's saying, like, you know, you don't have to rush to have a kid, and, like, doing it just because it's trendy, and I'm trying to think if there's other instances where she mothers her. Yeah. I kind of wonder Maybe, if... like, with around her wedding, maybe we start, we see that again, but yeah. it's... I don't think it happens often enough. Yeah. Well, I wonder if it's, if it's something they started off with to be, like, Liz, you know, wants a kid, and she's... Having a mothering relationship, and then they kind of realized it wasn't that interesting or funny, so they just kind of didn't Maybe pick it up again later it. on. The yeah. yeah, I don't know. It seems like a missed opportunity that they could have done some more with it. I don't. I don't know. Like, it's just kind of. I, I well, I don't know. In some ways, I guess it sort of parallels the mentor-mentee relationship, like Jack, Liz, and Liz to would be Liz to Suri. But it just doesn't, I don't know, they don't have the same chemistry that Liz and Jack do, so yeah. it just doesn't really... Ceri's not like a wayward kid trying to figure out her life. Like, she's already established, yeah. I don't care about a career, so their personalities do conflict considerably, and their drives are different. So yeah, it wouldn't really work. And there's no other, yeah, there's no other young female people on the team to be a mentor to. So yeah, it's kind of a shame. Oh, well. Yeah. It's just, you're so young, Sari. There's no big hurry to have babies. I mean, there are other things in life, like having a career and working and having a job and working. You can have a career at any time, but you only have a really short period where you can be a young, hot mom. If you wait too long, you could be like 50 at your kid's graduation. 50's not that old, Sari. Oh, I'm sorry. Are you 50 now? <laughs> so when Liz and Jenna are drinking together over the birthday cake that evening, it's it's a really nice setup because you get the impression that's what they do every year yeah. on her birthday. But, you know, they never explicitly say it, but it, 
I know it, you can tell like it's it's a tradition, and they yeah. just kind of talk about stuff and drink wine and whatever. Yeah, it's just like a, it's because it, like the cakes on the table, they never eat from it, or no, they eat from it, but like they never draw too much attention to it. Like yeah, it's just like like it seems like on each of their birthdays, they just mm-hmm. get together and dish and gossip or or whatever. But yeah, it's nice. This is a nice scene, just sort of like as coming right off of that cerise scene of she in the middle of her speech of like saying you don't have to have a baby as soon enough she's already in her mind like yeah I, my clock's running like i need to figure this out kind of thing it's it's a nice um cut to this scene of them talking about babies paul newman or robert redford i've told you a thousand times newman because i enjoy his salad dressings and lemonade <laughs> me too okay uh Brad Pitt or George Clooney. Do you think I'd be a good mother? What? Something is kicking in, and the last few months I've just started wondering if I'm ever gonna have a baby. I mean, I'm so many steps away from being able to do it, and I panic that maybe I waited too long. I'm. Mean, what if my junk goes bad? What if Sari is right? Wow, red wine is not your drink. I'm sorry. I'm in my right mind. I just <laughs> it comes in waves, you know, and. Uh, I love my job, and I love my friends, and if I am meant to crank out a kid, then I have plenty of time. Uh, not really. <gasps> no, Liz, I'm just saying, if this is something you really want, let's go for it. I'll help you. Oh, please, let me help you for once. We'll get you a guy, like that hot dancer Madonna used to have lord us. No, 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 that is not how I roll. Forget I said anything. There's, so we haven't talked about this, and it's not that important, but... I remember watching Thirty Rock, and I remember, did you like you've ever seen like the uh, on Tina's face on Tina Fey's face? She has like a scar, like a sort of on the side of her mouth. Oh, I guess I. I it's not I one of those things it. like you you might notice it, but it's not you don't think too much about it. But after watching this series so many times, I've sort of like I've been curious enough. I was like, well, how how did she get that? So it turns out like I think when she was younger, she just got like bit in the face by a dog. Oh yeah, and so it just scarred her for mm. life. But. She's never drawn attention to it, and like she does a good enough job with makeup. But sometimes, in the right light or the work, the bad light, you can sort of see it. So it's probably one of those things. Is like now the glass is broken, you'll probably see it all the time now, and just be like, oh. I, again, it's not that noticeable, but it's just one of those things that sort of has always stuck out after learning about it. Now yeah. I see it everywhere. So, hmm. uh, but now we get the continuation of Jack's drama with his mama. Rhymes, rhymes are fun. Oh dear, that was terrible. Um, but then we also get uh, a nice little scene with Kenneth. Because you agreed to this, I did not make you sign anything. I will not be intimidated by you. Good morning, Mr. Donaghy. Go to hell. No, thank you. Kenneth, I'm sorry. How do you do it, Kenneth? How do you sit here every day taking crap from people and you keep smiling? My mother always told me that even when things seem bad, there's someone else who's having a worse day, like being stung by a bee or getting a splinter or being chained to a wall in someone's sex dungeon. Isn't that a kick in the soft stuff, Kenneth? I mean, you get strength from your mother while mine is sucking the life out of me. She calls me constantly. That was her. That was her. Complaining about where she's living, threatening to move in with me. Oh, how wonderful. No, 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 that's not wonderful. I run companies, plural. But for that woman, I'm always going to be the punk kid who cried when Pop was run over by a mail truck. Oh, my, a mailman killed your dad? Well, Pop was my dog. My dad left when I was two. So I grew up calling my colleague Pop. My mother is my best friend. 
My mother tried to send me to Vietnam to make a man out of me. I was 12. Well, my mother has her dark times, too. But that's when I tell her, Mama, you carried me for nine months. Let me carry you now. You are a remarkable human being, Kenneth. I bought my mother a lovely retirement home in Florida with a tea garden and fake rocks made of foam because she falls down a lot. She's got everything she needs except a phone. I told those people I made it clear, do not give her a phone. It's her. It's always her. Hello? Now I know you. If you're at work and your boss, I don't know how you are about regimen and routine. If your boss comes up and starts dishing at you about his problems and starts eating your food, would you stop them or would you just be too like nervous or hesitant to potentially like anger them more and just let them keep eating? Or because like, I would be too astonished, I think okay. to, 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 I, I'd be dumbfounded. I think. Well, because usually, because you know, I keep some sacks on my desk and, at my desk, and usually, if anyone walks over while I'm like eating something, like the, I, I'll like offer it up immediately. So. Presumably, then if that happened, like you'd be like, "Yes, yeah, so then you know." So you have, so, but you have like snacks, which isn't like a real lunch. But yeah. if like they eat your lunch from you, and you're left with like nothing, and <laughs> in the moment, would you be like, ah, "Stop, stop," or would you just be like, "This is my life now." I, I'd be too astonished to say anything because I would just be so dumbfounded, and I would probably go to Subway and get a softy. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, I would probably do the same thing just because like. It's too awkward to call them out and say, like, what are you doing? Or or at least, like, wait for them to potentially say, like, hey, I'm sorry I ate your lunch. And then just like, oh, no big deal. Because, I mean, like, lunch is lunch. It's not that big of a deal. But I know you are routine and, like, you get cranky. You get, like, low blood sugar, yeah. stuff like that. So, like, lunch is more important to you than maybe some other people. But, all right. But I, I'd be the same way. I would sort of, I mean, also, right. when I, like... When I'm at work, I try to control for crankiness. So I try to. Right. I mean, I, again, I do keep snacks, to like whatever. But I, I think I would be able to uh, not not have a hangry explosion. <laughs> yeah, I think like, if it were if it became a consistent thing, then it would be fair enough oh, to say something. If it happened like, more than once, I would probably be going to HR. Very <laughs> well, snitches get stitches. <laughs> we get Leo Spichemin again. This is Dr. Leo Spichemin. Oh, hi, I'm sorry. I got this number under fertility in the Writer's Guild Health Manual. I'm also listed under meth addiction and child psychiatry. So what can I help you with? I should start by saying that I can't personally help you conceive. Uh, something happened to me while scuba diving. Hey, so Janet tells us you're looking for a baby daddy. She what? Yeah. So? So... Are you kidding me? No, okay, now before you say no, I just want to say our child would have a leg up getting into Harvard. Oh, really? Did you go to Harvard? Because you haven't mentioned it in like three hours. Our kid would have strong, flat feet. And if you choose me, I agree not to take my shirt off. But I do like to get yelled at during sex. You're disgusting. <laughs> yeah, that's a good start. <laughs> oh, get out of here. Jenna had no business telling you guys that. Oh, hey, blue pages. What? What's wrong? Gina told the writers that I am looking for a guy to get me pregnant. Can you believe her? I know. It's so uncool. I mean, why would she go to them? 
Who do you know better than me? Oh, come on. Didn't you have a vasectomy? No, I just told my wife I did. And she doesn't get pregnant how? I fake it. <laughs> Maybe it's just being 2019, but I think part of the reason why I found this storyline just so cliche and blah was like, if if you were a woman in the workplace and it was known that like you were interested in having a baby and your coworker started approaching you and asking to be the father, that's just... I mean, yeah, there's a lot of grounds for... I mean, I realize it's a sitcom and it's right. funny, and but it's they just... They are comedy like, writers, so yeah. they're probably pretty flexible on like, yeah. what is considered harassment and, and things of that nature. But yeah, like even even in, by modern day standards, looking at it, they'd be like, it would never get it's this just, far. It's like, it's a little cringy. Yeah. Cause I, I don't know. I, I'm just picturing like, I mean, I told you like, there have been a lot of pregnancies in my workplace. So I was just like thinking of like some of my, you know, coworkers and people I know and like just thinking of like people like approaching them and like, it's just like, it's, I, <laughs> it creeps me out a little bit. Yeah. I mean, like, just think of like the people that you work with, who would you want to get pregnant by? Like, based on, I mean, obviously neither one of us could get, but if you were in Liz's situation, knowing the people that we work with, is there an adequate candidate? I wouldn't and even want to think about that. And if coworkers are listening to this, this is not a slight against anyone in particular. But, I mean, who would even want to think about that? Like, right. that's just like, like such that, like a crazy yeah. thought you wouldn't even want to no, think about you, that's, that. Your coworkers would likely not be your first thought of fathering your child or, or be the sperm donator, like... That wouldn't be your first your first choice would be finding someone, a sperm bank or any other options before your coworkers. Like coworkers would either be off the list or very bottom of the list, I would think. But yeah, I don't know. It's 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 yeah, it's weird. Yeah. Well, the first thing I thought of was there was some like scandal. There was, I think it was a congressman or or some politician who basically what was it his wife couldn't get pregnant so he was asking the women who worked in his office if they would carry the baby for them and it's just like <laughs> that's odd but that's not that uncommon i mean like surrogates aren't that uncommon of an idea no that's true but uh, like asking the people who work for you oh, if yeah. they would carry your baby especially if you're the boss little... too because then it's like yeah. there's that extra i mean if I, you say no like yeah i mean yeah. if you like work maybe if you work for someone and you know their situation and you say to them you offer it to them but it's like, hey, I'll pay you X thousand dollars to carry our baby. That's just that's a little awkward. I don't, I don't, well, I feel like it maybe isn't that uncommon. If it, but it probably it probably happens more than you think. You just don't hear about it. Maybe because I mean, like that was a storyline on Friends. Was Phoebe carried her brothers? Yeah, her brother or her stepbrothers. Well, babies. There's a difference between your relative or friend and your boss. Well, what if your coworkers are your friends? Again, your boss. Okay. No, I, don't. I know. I'm not. I'm just saying. Like, I guess, like, if your boss came over and ate your not, lunch and then asked if you could carry his baby, you need to find a new job immediately. I don't know. I guess it's, I just don't see it as that taboo or or problematic. Other than like, if your boss is asking you to carry his child. The implicate the implications if you say no could potentially affect your job down the line. I don't like that idea, but eh. if you're if you I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know. I I don't have a. I would think a third party idea. service where you like 
pay someone before asking you, someone you who rather my employee a said, potential anonymous person carry your baby or at least someone you know relatively well that you'll see every day at work so you can get regular updates and you are knowing them better than you would know a third party candidate again we'll never I mean, have to that's worry way about too this. hypothetical to you said you started it well so i feel like say, well like, i'm saying no i mean that is that situation i i don't know like i almost would rather have a random person i think do it than my employee but all right fair enough that's it's me okay <laughs> is jen out here is she rehearsing she's on stage excuse me miss lemon uh, I'm not usually this formal nor this bold, but I figure time is on neither one of our sides. Uh, could you excuse us for a second? I'd kind of like him to stay. Very well. Ms. Lemon, Liz, I'd like to carry your child if I might. I have a small ferret farm about 60 miles north of the city. It's not much, but it is self-sufficient. I can get cable if you want, because I know how much you like the TV. Sometimes I watch you watching it. Think about it. So you get... <laughs> what was her name? Regretta? Greta, but like it was short for Regretta. Oh, I don't uh, We get her, we get Rachel Dratch back again playing the cat wrangler. A self-sufficient ferret farm? What? What is that? Are the ferrets like... <laughs> they grow their own plants? They do the cooking and <laughs> the cleaning and the washing? Mean? It's just... Oh, I don't know. But... It's a fun character, and it's a fun little joke, but it's just like, none of that to me makes yeah. any sense. Well, no, I mean, I, yeah, it's definitely purposely nonsensical yeah. and just but silly. Liz confronts Jenna about telling people to get her pregnant. Jenna, stop telling everyone I need someone to get me pregnant. I'm not telling everyone. Oh. Right, guys, check this out. Oprah and Stepman are the same person. You know what? I don't have time for this conversation. I don't have time for anything. That's why he, she won't run for president. Mm-hmm. Hey, you gotta stop doing that impression. Tracy hates it. What? But it's funny. These guys like it. The Mars probe didn't break. It was attacked by a Martian cougar. <laughs> this is how you take care of things, Liz Lemon? I'm going to Jack Donaghy. No, no, Trey, please don't do that. Too late. This is untoward. This is not toward. You better fix this, nerd. Otherwise, Jack Donaghy is gonna kill me, then he's gonna kill you, and then he's gonna fold us up in a pizza and eat us. What? Hey, Liz, I heard you're looking for a hookup. Oh, you know what? Everybody stop working right now. I don't want to have sex with any of you. I have plenty of time to have a baby, and I am not looking for sperm donors. Okay, but do you still want a sound hookup so you can listen to rehearsal? Yeah, thanks. How are you, Bobby? Good? Yeah, I mean, that's just like a classic sitcom moment of just mis not misinformation, just like misreading the room and assuming the words got further than it actually is. But it's fun. And it's it sets up this next scene of Jack having to like say, but it's like, why, why are you trolling for seed? <laughs> Which is such a great line. 
But like Josh's impressions aren't a hundred percent on. Like he doesn't sound like Tracy Jordan, but he has a good voice. Like he could be a voice actor. And I don't know yeah. much about the actor who plays Josh, what his filmography looks like, but I don't think I've seen him in anything else. Not that I can recall. The only other thing I know I've seen him in was in God, what's the guy's name? Dwight Schrute on The Office. Oh, 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 God. Um, Rain Wilson. Uh, he had a movie like in, in the peak of Office called Rock Rockstar, something like that. Like he was a uh, he was a, in the eighties. He was a part of a big band, and they let him go. And he sort of has just been like a struggling drummer. It's got Josh Gad. It's got Emma Stone. It's it's actually Emma a, Stone. Yeah, like it was, it was post Super Bad. Like it was her Super Bad follow up, like pre before she got really big. It's not that bad. I think it's kind of like an underrated comedy film, but. The actor that plays Josh on 30 Rock has like a small bit in that. And that's the only other thing that I can think that he's been in. Hmm. But yeah. It's not bad. It's not a bad movie. It's not great. Like, don't go out of your way to see it. I won't. If it's out there, you could watch it. I won't. You son of a bitch. Yo. Tracy, it's Jack Donaghy. I hear we have a problem with Josh Gerard. Damn right. Keeps impersonating me, making me into a caricature. Well, I would take care of this if I could, but it's tricky. You see, Josh's father's an assassin with the Russian mafia. They call him El Matador. Whoa, those dudes are crazy. Forget it, I don't need any of that noise. It happens me to hear you say that. For being so understanding, I'm sending you our new super top secret invisible motorcycle. For reals? <laughs> For realsies. Now, if you'll excuse me, I need to see a doctor. I keep pooping during sex. <laughs> Did you hear there was a romance novel that came out a couple years ago that had like this typo that went viral? So it, it was, it was like it was, it was a romance novel and it was, you know, some lovemaking scene or something. And it's a man and a woman. And the line is supposed to be so-and-so like sat on the floor in the middle of it. But <laughs> the actual line that was printed was so-and-so shat on the floor. Or that was the intention all along. No, it was definitely a typo. Oh my god. <laughs> That's just... Well, I guess... It was just funny. I mean, there probably are some romance novels that have that, but... Right. Yeah, and the way those are cranked out, if you saw Sat or Shat, you wouldn't blink an eye about well, if it's a typo or not. Because you're probably... If you're an editor for something like that, it's probably like 15 people are editing the same books and they have probably have a quota they have to hit, so they're just quickly going through these but that is pretty that's gross it's pretty funny that's gross no kink shaming that's gross Lemon we have a problem I have this whole Tracy Josh thing under control what are you talking about nothing what are you talking about you you yelling at the crew you trawling for seed oh it's a big misunderstanding Jenna thinks that I want to have a baby I should have known this was going to be a problem when I decided to mentor a woman. No, in fact, what I said was that my body is trying to make me think I want to have a baby, but my body is not the boss of me. My brain is. All right. If you insist upon going all Murphy Brown on me, let me give you a tip. Don't smother your child with affection to compensate for not having a man in your life. Don't say you're the only man I'll ever love. Even babies know that's creepy. Of course. Don't put little notes in their lunch bag that say, Mommy's watching you. People find those things. I bet you behaved yourself, though. If your child is a terrific hockey player and a gifted flautist, don't make them play the national anthem on the flute in front of their teammates. Your mother did that? Now she wants to move in with me. I can't have that, Lemon. 
Then be an adult and call her and say you love her very much, but that living together is not going to work for you. <laughs> you don't know my mother. This is a woman that actually had a heart attack to prevent me from going on my honeymoon. Maybe her heart broke because she spent 20 years raising you and you're a total ingrate. That's exactly what she said. Is this what you want, Lemon, to breathe life into another human being? Just to spend the rest of your days slowly sucking it out of them? No. That's why my brain is the boss. <laughs> Speak of the devil. Take a breath. Be nice. Hello, Mother. So nice to hear your voice. No, I am not on anything. I know that things have been difficult for you lately, and I was thinking you carried me for nine months. Let me carry you now. <laughs> well, right back at you, Colleen. Yeah, that's right. You cut Pop's balls off and left him in the street to die. So what do you think she said to him to make him have that reaction? I mean, she probably just insulted his masculinity. I would love to know what she actually said, though, because... Yeah. For him to go from like zero to a hundred, it's it must have been. Well, I mean that that he jumped to cutting pops balls off. It was probably something about his balls. Then, like, uh-huh. have you lost your balls or something like that? I don't know. But I want. So he's like he has that line where he says, uh, "I along the lines like I knew your baby crazy. I knew this when I took on a woman as my mentee, like." That it's kind of like a throwaway line. If you're a male, you probably don't read that much into it. But I know females. I've worked with females that they know, like they were younger when they got hired, uh, and you know, like in an interview, they're asked, like you know, what's your five year plan, and uh, you know, uh, and so someone I had worked with, you know, they were mentioning they were getting married soon in the interview, and then you know they wanted to start a family, and she remembers reading the interviewee's face and sort of how it sort of changed after she said that and how he read it as oh so she's gonna come in here work a couple years start a family and then leave and then leave and so do we want to invest in someone like this and like so she knows like she she learned from that experience and she knew like next time don't talk about stuff like that but it's just like it sucks that you have to sort of like dance around that just because you like are a woman you're younger and you probably do want to start a family but you can't outright say that at like a job interview yeah. even though you can't ask it if you're yeah so it's 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 yeah it kind of sucks that there's that situation where it's just like oh you're a woman so you're oh, at some point in your life of your career you're going to be baby crazy now i have to take into it i have to take that into account right. it's like but I, it's the same as like it's the same as an interview like if you can read someone and like they don't seem like they're right for the job or like maybe they are just not that excited about it do you want to take a chance with someone who isn't want to be here for six months not and i'm not saying this about women i'm saying like you know as an interview you do have to read that person like is it worth investing this uh, extra money and time into someone than other interviewers that or other interviewees that you've looked at and think well maybe they want it more yeah well something. i mean that was the thing right during the great recession where there are people who were overqualified applying right. for all sorts of jobs. And then the thing was, well, this person is overqualified, so they may be here six months or whatever and then leave once they find something that pays more and is more fit to their right. skills. So, so I mean, should it go to someone who's an up-and-comer yeah. to give them a starting chance? Or do you go with someone that has the more than enough yeah. experience? I mean, I, I have an ambition where I've sat in on job interviews interviewing people, but I, you know, 
other than having feedback, I haven't made a hiring decision. I mean, my default thought is, I mean, hire the person who strikes you as the best fit in terms of skills and just fit for your culture. Because that's right. the most important thing. Because, I mean, you never know. I mean, it would be terrible to just assume because someone is a woman of a certain age or a person of certain skills and ability that, well, they're going to up and leave after X time anyway, so there's no point. And I mean, yes, it happens, but also that's business people all the time. I mean, you know, like if a business has to lay off so many employees tomorrow, I mean, they're just going to do it. They're not going to, they're not going to wait. Think about it. I mean, if they hired someone a month ago who now all of a sudden they're facing this huge budget crisis, like they're going to cut you and not think about it. So, you know, from that perspective, it's, it's like, it's part of it's just business. And it's unfortunate that the burden ends up being on the employee either way in that case so much, but I mean, yeah, you you like sort of just like keeping it objective and not making it a subjective interview. Like it's hard, but I feel like that is the better route is just trying to like sort of just go by the stats for the most part, maybe like maybe like eighty percent stats, twenty sort of twenty percent like gut. Yeah, how you would hire someone. But. Yeah, and I mean to be honest, in, in what I've been, any interview I've been a part of, um, by the time it gets to the last few, more or less, you assume that everyone is pretty qualified position. You're really just looking for who would fit best based on personality, yeah. just how they interact. Like that's really what you're doing by right. by that point. Yeah. So. Yeah. By the second and third interview, it's not it's not really about what their talents are at that point. It's, it's, yeah. can I get along with this person? Would they be a good addition? To well, just, just based on their exactly, just how they, exactly. Like, that's the biggest thing. How do they yeah. fit into, yeah. how would they fit into our group and just right. guess the best you can. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's just an unfortunate thing that, I don't know. Just <laughs> yeah. That any, that any woman in, in, a career has to like weigh when they're in an interview and the same like the interviewer has to weigh that too but it still is like it's it's it is it's unfortunate that that is something that takes place it sucks i will say i think part of the reason they really played up the the liz sari mother whatever relationship thing is is really to directly parallel the whole baby getting baby crazy thing right and you know and that's obviously the reason why it's so prominent yeah and maybe another reason why it drops off because I mean, there's still, I guess, storylines about her and and children, but it's not, maybe not with the same intensity. I don't know. I mean, Ceri's the you closest. Better than I would. Ceri's the closest child at Thirty Rock that she has to yeah. sort of mother. Jenna's her same age, and that's really about it. There's yeah. there's no one else that she has that young that she can impart her wisdom upon. Um, I'm trying to remember. Like, she interacts with, like, Tracy's kids every now and again, but even still, like, they have parents, so it's like she doesn't really need to mother them too much because generally they're on set with Tracy, so he's already there. So, yeah, there's not many other interactions she has to dole out motherly wisdom. So I think she sort of gets the... When she gets a chance to do it with Sari, she takes it, but she soon learns that, like, Sari doesn't really need me because she's not heeding any of my advice, so there's no point. Get Donaghy on the phone. Jonathan, I have Tracy Jordan for Mr. Donaghy. No, no, no. Tracy, please do not bother Jack. He is in a weird place right now. Maybe Jackson's condo? No. A children's clothing store in Dubai? Stop guessing. What I'm saying is leave Jack alone. Too late, Liz Lemon. He called me five minutes ago. Five minutes ago, I was with him. How did he sound? What did he say? 
Nothing unusual. Russian moms, invisible motorcycles, sex pooping. Are you insane? What are you going to do when Tracy asks Jack for his invisible motorcycle? Uh... Yeah, dummy. Here's what you're going to do. It's not your mother. Hello? Got a game! What's up, Trey? If in the future, if in the future, I anything if crazy, I mention anything crazy, like an invisible motorcycle, like an invisible motorcycle it means I'm off my it meds. Off my meds. It should be ignored. Also, I think Josh Gerard is a young Alec Guinness. Go back on your meds, Tracy. Hang up. Hang up. What? What? Idiot. Idiot. Tracy, I've got to go. Idiot. I think that went well. Now you gotta call Tracy as Jack. Or I could call him as Christopher Wacken. Do you not understand what we're doing? <laughs> <laughs> Jenna, did you tell Life and Style that your favorite book is the Koran? I just wanted to sound smart. Would you take her for a second? I'm trying to finish her eyes. Oh, I'm actually really busy. Please. I heard you were baby crazy. Uh, no. Yes, she is. Please. Uh -huh. Oh, for the love of nuts. Okay. Uh -huh. Hi. How about that? <laughs> yeah, she likes you. Go ahead, walk her around. Who's the cutest baby in the world? Who's the cutest baby in the world? How did I get home? Why didn't you say something? Did she show a picture of herself in a magazine and asked her to make her look that way? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe, maybe is that something celebrities do? Like, normal people go and they say, make me look like this celebrity. She says, make she me, says, look, make like me look like me in this picture. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, this is more visual, so we'll probably cut this scene down a little bit. But Liz makes a comment here called highway hypnosis. Have you ever experienced something like that? Where, like, you just sort of, like... I know I've de definitely done it while driving, which I, that, that's the reference she's sort of referring to. But, like, leaving work or leaving somewhere and either just being so caught up in your thoughts that you don't recognize how you got home. Like, that happens to me all the time. And it's really scary sometimes because it's, like... What if I, like, obviously I didn't, but, like, part of me, like, the first thought I have is, oh, God, what if I hit someone and I didn't even register that and just kept driving? Or what if, like, I don't know, I did something, like, I ran a red light or just, like, ran through a stop sign or something. And, like, obviously there was no traffic, but I didn't realize it. Yeah. It's, like, obviously there was no effects of it, but it was just, like, what if, what if, like, that, because of that just blase attitude while driving that something like that happens and I just completely miss it like, yeah well i think that it's one of those things you're like your subconscious you, you like it's something you do so often your subconscious right. totally takes over yeah because there are a couple like because like, i go on the highway for a little bit of my commute and also in burlington there's <laughs> one like it's basically a really long straight road with a bunch of lights so all the time like i will go a few miles and like not even have any memory because like I, you know i'm always listening to podcasts so if i would maybe just paying attention to that and just driving along or whatever and right. then yeah i just like like it'll be five minutes later but like i don't remember driving the last five yeah. minutes at all i mean it can be scary usually it's not but no. like it's more like me thinking I, after the fact i'm just like oh yeah. god like what if i did run a red light or miss the stop sign or something like something worse would have happened like 
And the, the worst part is, like, if there is an actual accident, I'm too honest of a person to, like, lie about, you know, what I was doing. I would straight up be like, I had the highway hypnosis. I wasn't paying attention. Like, I was in th- I was lost. In- I would say, like, I was lost in thought. So, like, any credibility that I would have in terms of, like, my insurance helping me out or... Like anything, like it would just be gone. Well, I mean, if you cause like, the accident, you cause the accident. It doesn't matter whether you were paying attention or not. If you caused right. the accident, you caused it. True, but still, like if there's like a uh, if there's like an accident where it could be potentially either one's fault, but it could have been less of my fault if I were paying more attention and I still got out of the car and be like, I'm sorry, I wasn't really thinking right. And then it's just like, well, regardless, like that's my evidence and that's my. Well, That's my excuse to try and get out of this, and it's already gone. Well, if anyone ever finds this audio, you will never... An <laughs> <laughs> actually will never come out to your advantage so by default, just because... Shit. Alright, well, just don't get in accidents anymore. <laughs> That's the plan. Yeah. Alright, well, I'm glad I'm not alone in that. Yes. Yeah. I, I think about that a lot. One minute I was holding the baby in makeup, and then suddenly it was like highway hypnosis. You know, when you pull into your driveway, but you don't remember driving home? Oh, right, right. And you have someone else's baby in your car. Oh, I feel so terrible. Give me the baby. I'll try to smooth things over. What's her name? Well, Anna calls her Isabel, but I call her Nancy. I think it might be a good idea if I give Anna the rest of the week off. Seriously? We're really busy. Well, of course. Of course. Stealing a baby? Really? Hey, I found Isabel. I'm a hero. Jack Donaghy. Now, I know you asked me not to say anything, but I think I know somebody that can help you with your sex poop problem. Okay. Please don't hurt me. I can't help it. It just pours out of me. I'm Jack Donaghy. I'm important. I just love the moon. Oh, my God, I'm doing it again. Mother, I love you too, but living together is not going to work out for me. Yes, I went this morning. I don't know. Regular consistency? I can't do this. Every day for the rest of your or her life, and she will outlive you. She's like Castro. And when you're done with that, call my wife and tell her I'm sorry about what happened with me and Keith and them. Wait, who? It was a clever way to tie it all together to have him talk to his mother yeah. in in the Jack voice or whatever. Yeah, I wish it were like a running thing. Like it's something that happens like just sort of like in the background over the rest of the season, just seeing like Josh on the phone and that voice. Yeah. But yeah, it is like a one a one time thing. You're loving this, aren't you? Oh yes. I'm a big fan of kidnapping, especially by my middle management. So the thing you were saying about listening to your mind and not your body, how's that going for you? My body is telling me several things. First of all, I need to start working out that she was killing my arms. Number two, I could be very happy with a baby that looks nothing like me and didn't bake in my oven. Three, I gotta let myself out of personal life. I've been telling you for five months. Well, you're right again. Write it down in your little I'm awesome book. Uh, where are you going? You have a rehearsal about to start. I stole a baby, Jack. I'm taking a half day. Fair enough. I have to do some thinking. Maybe it's impossible have it all. The career, the family. But if anybody can figure out how to do it, it's me. That's going on. Ah, oh, nerds! I was talking about you at work today, Mother. 
I think my boss, Mr. Jack Donaghy, wishes you were his mother. Isn't that something, Mother? Yes, Kenneth. That's sweet. Do you have me on speakerphone again? Yes, ma'am. It's just like Charlie's Angels. Oh, by the way, did you get your old Halloween decorations I sent you? Oh, yes. Thank you. I'm looking at the kooky skeleton right now. I love it. You're the best mother in the whole world. Okay. Calm down, dear. Yes, mother. <laughs> Yes, so, <laughs> that's such a good job of like keeping him on the borderline of complete innocence and total creepiness because you know it starts out with the whole Norman Bates vibe and then reveals you know that actually she's just on speakerphone and just Halloween decorations he's, he's, he's not pretending his mom is a skeleton and talking to her yeah. pretending to have a conversation with. but I mean like this isn't the first and it won't be the last time there's like a creepy side to Kenneth that yeah. sort of comes out over the whole series and determining how old he actually is and how long he's been alive and things like that like i think that's a fun gag that is like the same with like dennis duffy like it's done just enough to where it's always funny when it happens but like if they had devoted an entire episode to it it would have just lost the magic of being like completely funny yeah so they never cashed fully in on the the joke so i think that's for the best um but yeah so in season seven, we'll actually see Kenneth's mom, as well as her friend Ron, uh, in an episode, and she's played by Catherine O'Hara. Um, but obviously that was not Catherine O'Hara's voice, but I can't place whose voice that is, so I'm just going to assume it's someone on the writing staff, or just someone on staff. It could have been Tina Fey doing a voice or something. But <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't quite place her, the voice of whoever that was. I know it's definitely not Catherine O'Hara. No. But, um, yeah, we've got six seasons before we see her, so... Watch Shits Creek. Is it shits or slit? Shits. 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 Like the curse word. Right. But, yeah. Okay. Is that a Netflix exclusive or is it a Canadian show that gets Netflix licensing? So, all I love. So, yeah, it's, it's a Canadian show on CBC and Pop TV in the US, which used to be TV Guide Channel, airs it first run. And then it comes to Netflix like a little while before the next season starts. On now Pop. is TV Guide Channel the same TV Guide Channel that wrote that shows what's coming on TV? It was no, no, it was. Okay. But now it's just pop, and I don't think it does TV listings anymore. But anyway, yeah. Netflix. Yes, yeah, so the first four okay. seasons are Netflix, and the fifth season is airing on CBC and Pop right now. Word. So. Yeah. No, it seems like a fine show. Like it really looks like. I know it's not a Christopher Guest show, but I know Catherine, Catherine O'Hara and Eugene Levy, like yeah. they are pretty much Christopher Guest regulars. So I know it would be a show that I like. I just haven't got around to checking it out. So one day we'll get to it. We still got to finish Kimmy Schmidt. Like there's so much that we yeah. we're behind two seasons on Orange is the New Black. Like, I don't think we're ever going to watch that. You don't think at so? this point? I, well, I, I mean, we'll see, but I. Well, it's ending soon, so yeah, at least if we know if we ever go back to it, there will be a finale that that's we'll true. get to eventually. But yeah. So otherwise, a uh, good episode. It was okay. I think I had, I think I almost kind of forgot this episode existed. Uh, I don't know. Like, it's still a good episode. It's 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 the downer of this run of next stream. I was just gonna say, but let me guess: the next run of episodes is about to be really strong. You know what? You're kicked off the podcast. <laughs> it's just going to be me and Archer now. It's going to be the best podcast ever. And Archer's so, going to sleep. And yeah. just going to talk. That's All the attention's on me. I'm going to be the Jenna for everyone. of Go To There. You're right. I'm going to be awesome. Oh, no. Next one is The Rurger. Yes. So it is going to be a good episode. 
Yeah. Uh, very much looking forward to that. Yeah. Idea. I think for this one, it just, it, it took the just old sitcom, sitcom plot of, <laughs> oh, a woman is getting older and she just wants to have a baby and didn't, didn't really do anything that different or special with it. It kind of yeah. played it to the tropes. I think, so. I think knowing how many more like ep- of that plot we're going to get and how they sort of subvert it down the line. Yeah. I'm a little bit more forgiving in that it is sort of like a tire cliche, but I think they just, in that they're setting it up and it wasn't like a, a single episode dedicated to it and it's just setting something up that will play out over the rest of the series. I sort of forgive that idea, but you're also coming at it. You've only seen the episodes once, so you're not necessarily remembering there's more yeah. and it's, it's done better later on. So, um, you're a bit more of a harsh critic towards it and I'm more like lighthearted towards it because it's just like ah, it's setting something up so it's going to yeah. play off it's going to pay off in the end but I get that that's fair like it is a very tired cliche of like working woman trying to have it all she wants to have the kid and the family and blah 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 and it's just like yeah I get it yeah yeah it's a well, fine episode I mean there are funny moments you know considering the last two episodes and what we got coming up it's it's the least exciting yeah of this show of this season but or it's one of the least less exciting episodes but it's got some good bits we get a first nerds which will become sort of like a tagline so the rest of the show and um sort of like setting up jack and his mom uh and their relationship was interesting and that there's there's some moments but it's just it's it's not that strong of an episode in the end but i had a lot of fun with it it's good Good yeah final thoughts I just gave them. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, in that case, I guess we'll wrap it up. Uh, as always, thanks for listening. You could check us out uh, on Apple Podcasts with reviews and ratings and all that fun stuff. Yeah. If you like what we're doing, you want to donate, you can go to our coffee website, ko-fi.com backslash go to there. And uh, we thank you, as always, for uh, listening. And we will see you next time. See you next time. Very good.